Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Another boring week of politics. Nothing to talk about. That's <laughs> not true. Mara Carabello is taking a four-week reprieve while Jim DeBacchus is back from gallivanting around the world. She'll be back, though. So, Heidi, Jim. I was talking to him before this started. He's a Republican now. Whatever he did in Argentina, <laughs> he's a Republican. Changed. He's a rock-ribbed conservative. Oh, I don't know yeah. if the show's going to work. I just listened to him. He's a totally, he's a new man. I just need well, my I don't know what happened down there. Trump hat, what, that's all. What, we can get you one of those. I don't know where, but I'm sure on the Internet they have everything. So seriously, you were down in Argentina for a month. Did it change you as a person? You know, I'll tell you what changed me in, in 20 seconds. Okay. Um, I went, I, I was kidnapped by a group of really college kids that I was working with. And, okay. and where is this going? And they took me, really, they showed up Thursday and said, we're going, because they had control of my schedule. They knew what, and we, we headed down to Iguazu to the rainforest to hike and camp without a tent. And after one day, I said, you guys, I'm going to die. I really can't do this. I hate camping. I, I don't want to be here. By the time the fourth day came, I said, you guys, I'm staying. I mean, I, You had fun in the I, wilderness? I, I, I just I? couldn't imagine the stars being there. It was so far away from everything. And, I, I mean, I, it really changed me. Good, let me I'm really proud of you, I'm Jim. I'm telling you, there's... Jim, prior to this story or this experience, he thought roughing it was flying coach. Actually, I've heard him say, <laughs> I care so much, I would, I would sacrifice anything. I would actually fly commercial to get there because the man is used to having there. his own plane. For him to say that he roughing it actually is roughing it in the way that the rest of the world sees roughing it, that's pretty impressive. Turns out there was no Four Seasons down there. So. <laughs> There's not. Well, I'm glad that you had an eye-opening experience, and you're coming back here. Great country. Go there. It's so beautiful. beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to post some All of your right. pictures. If you'll yep. share them, we'll post, yep. them post them online if people want to see them. So uh, while you were gone, there was a race for a mayoral seat in Salt Lake City going on. Yeah. Yes. And I'm interested to get your um, take on this one. I am disappointed in the entire state of Utah. Voter turnout was garbage. It always is in municipal elections, but I think every time I have faith in the state that we're going to show up and we're going to care, and we don't. So people voted, not as many as I'd like. Uh, your first thought. What were the, the final numbers? The, you know, I didn't check Roughly. when I get in today if they released any, but yesterday um, total votes was 43,844, which was above what the primary is, what you'd hope. But that's still not a lot of people when you look at Salt Lake City. So um, not great, but definitely better than some of the other cities. You know, I mean, I wish Aaron all the luck in the world. If I can help out with anything, great. I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm I'm thrilled personally to be moving on. The key question for me is going to be, you have had this unit as a city council. Yeah. And they have stuck together through thick and thin. And they have acted as kind of chickens pecking at 
Mayor Biskupski. I mean, sometimes she deserved it, and sometimes they just went after her. But they stuck together completely. It'll be interesting to see what happens. In our form of government, it's really important that that executive branch and that check on the executive branch not be lumped in and that 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 camaraderie and brother and sisterhood where they go in the back room and, you know, plan what they're going to do against the mayor. I hope that everybody realizes that it's a different deal and everybody's job is to keep an eye on the money and to keep an eye on the running of the city and it all doesn't turn into the, the kind of love fest that there was when they were city council. It's a different job. So that's something to keep so an eye on. So you want the peckers to keep pecking. <laughs> yeah, I, the peckers peck. <laughs> oh, right. Um, were you surprised how it ended? I was surprised by the spread. I thought it would be closer. So, I, you know, I wasn't sure uh, what we said when we gave our predictions last week. I, I truly believed that in a low voter turnout it would be the team or the campaign that had the best organization and could get out the vote. I had, I had thought that Aaron Mendenhall's campaign was stronger in those areas and some of the coalitions they had built. So I, that's where I was giving the lean. But, yeah, it was like a 60, or a, what, not 60-40, but 59-41, yeah. something like um, that. The last numbers we had was 58.17% for Aaron Mendenhall and then loose at 41.83. That's a, that's a bigger margin yeah. than I would have because I think that if you just asked people who do you like, I think it was a, it was a hard decision. People were really not at least publicly landing yeah. resolutely in, in one place. No, I think it was the Mormon thing. I think Rocky Anderson, um, uh, I don't know whether he in, Rocky intended to do it that way, but when he brought up that whole Mormon thing, there's a lot of people in Salt Lake City that just don't like Mormons. And once it became public knowledge that um, Luce is not just Mormon, but she's an active Mormon, I think that I don't think there was any way that um, she could have. That's I too hate bad. that that becomes uh, yeah. a litmus test in our elections. Me, I yeah. mean, like it or not, I think it's ridiculous. I know Luce, and Luce is liberal, and, you know, several <laughs> times she said, you got this all wrong. But nonetheless, that's it, the... There's a race that is, uh, I, I would call it too close to call, but it is, it is so... Charlie Luke, the incumbent, two-term incumbent, he is... Uh, at, at four, in his young 40s, he's probably the oldest by age member of the council and longest serving. And in my experience, he's been a strong, strong leader of that council. On election night, he was down by four votes. As of yesterday, it was 153 votes he was down. Yeah. Uh, if Salt Lake City loses Charlie Luke's leadership, and I don't know anything about the, his opponent, I heard veteran or former uh, Air Force Air pilot, I, this is no, uh, no judgment on the opponent. But what I do know about Charlie Luke as a member of the city council is that he has been an incredibly strong leader. And he has been someone that was uh, doing his level best to bridge uh, communications with the Biskupski administration, with the council. I would hate to see with a brand new mayor and a brand in the, kind of this changing of the guard. Uh, I think that in that very, very close race, uh, if Charlie Luke were not to prevail, as I, I think that will be, it'll make things harder for that city in terms of its uh, transition and leadership. I think, Charlie, it happens with politicians. I think he got out of touch with the people in his district. I Hmm. think he didn't do the work. He wasn't in touch. I mean, I must have had five or six phone calls out to him. I'm not in his district, so maybe that's what it was. But, I mean, I just think he lost track of that nuts and bolts stuff you've got to do when you're an elected official. And you know what it's like. There's 50 emails saying, oh, my 
you know, yeah. things that you don't have any control over, or your social security check or whatever it is, or immigration issues, or people, for me anyway, that weren't even in my district. And you have to do that work if you want to be an effective public servant. And I, I don't know if Charlie was doing it. All right. Tough lessons. I learned them in middle school and high school. Every other year I would run, I would lose. One year I'd win, one year I'd lose. Was I losing touch with the people? Probably. Probably, huh? I don't know. Heidi, before we go off this topic, can I point something out? Yeah. Um, in the Murray City Council races, you have now a majority of women uh, awesome. on the City Council representing Murray. That's the first in the state of Utah. The part about that I like the most, and I've just ruined my own point, but this is my point, I don't see that being the biggest deal in the world. Like, it's not front page news. It's not saying, wow, look, we it's have more women. It's becoming normal. Yes, and that's the key right there is that when you see for the first time in Utah's history a, a city council where the majority of those duly elected council members are female and it isn't like, wow, can you believe this? And it's not some stunner and, we're, and it's just, that's a good thing. Those are the types of things that I think really break down identity politics in a way that I think have been negative where we put too much emphasis on uh, person, people's gender or ethnicity or religion. Uh, I love the fact that that happened in Murray and it hasn't made such a big deal so I'm pointing out, not that it's a big deal, but I'm pointing out that it hasn't been a big deal, and I think that's good. New voices that are make awesome sense? of all kind. Yeah. I think that makes total that sense. Right? Yes. And if you're listening and thinking, you know, maybe I want to run, there's a group called Women Who Run who will help you figure out how to do that and get involved. So there's lots of ways to do it. So congratulations on all the winners, uh, some great races out there. And I know some of these races have yet to be decided. And congratulations to all the losers, too. There's a, there's a life <laughs> afterwards, you know. Think I mean, of all the you free know. time you have. Yeah. The camping, showing the a little empathy. There's life say, after, hey, trust me. Slow down. Quit being all nice to the winners. There's other people in that race. I know. Jim is like so light and carefree. I, yes. He is. He's a renaissance you know man. I'm ready. I know, but you've been swearing a lot more since you haven't been running. So we'll see how this week goes. Oh, sorry, the week's not over yet. Um, so there's a tax meeting that happened last night. There's still a lot of confusion as to what is going to happen going forward. We know that our income tax will be cut, but it's not a massive margin. We're going to be talking about 4.5% as opposed to 4.95%. It's the new pitches from 75 million that we'd be cutting to 100 million overall. But then we've got to make that money up, and it would be taxes on food and haircuts and people who shampoo your carpets and I don't know what else. I can't think about services because at our house we do it all ourselves. Uh, Greg, did you go to that meeting last night? Did you listen into the hundred pages worth of what we had to offer? I, I've been privy to the plans as they have evolved. Yeah. And I've, I'm, I admire my colleagues that are having as many public hearings as they possibly can. But I will tell you, bottom line, having left the legislature and being away from that process now for some time, is that they could have a hundred more meetings. And I don't know that the level of understanding or confidence with the public would grow because I don't think that is what the legislative branch is designed to do necessarily in terms of being is the conduit. Educate? Well, to be the conduit of communication. I think that they are built by way of it's a branch of government for the power to put the scaffolding and the in the structure of statutory uh, process together to budget and to pay for it but you need a governor that's having a straight face-to-face -face conversation with the public at large about why when i hear people say well the legislature's failed to explain why they actually have not they've made cartoons and videos about this i mean they have gone to great lengths to explain the why but people, as I've seen, just as from my own observations, and this was new to me after I got out of, out of the legislature, people don't know. And I don't. And you can try and you can have more meetings, but what people are hearing is, you're going to tax me. 
you've 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 shown where the the income tax is going to come down and how it's going to allow more money inside the households but at the same time because it's a, a balance you're hearing the taxation of things that you've not taxed before and it's unsettling to people because i don't think that conversation has been what it needs to be but the legislature as a branch can't do it it has to be the governor look i've seen the polls if you're a governor you got like 98 percent name id and i think the two percent are lying so i think a governor is known by this There's entire wrong with those by people. the entire state everybody knows that is the advantage but that is the obligation of a governor to now have this let's level let's talk about how the world looks we want to lower the base broaden the base lower the rate how do you do that? That is not occurring right now. And, it, and after the, the legislature's best effort, I am worried that the public is not going to be uh, supportive of their plan. And it will be mostly because I don't think there is a, and not from a lack of effort, but there isn't an understanding of why. Yeah. And ignorance is certainly not bliss. So if you want to be involved, there are meetings. Go show up. But I think the big question, Jim, for a lot of people is we get used to what our budgets are. and We know what we can spend here and there. But when there's a tax cut here and a tax hike there, it's hard to know where it's going to balance out. And if you have a tight budget, if you'll have the money at the end of the month. Just cozy up here for a second. Okay, we're going to snuggle. Yeah. All right. Look, I spent six long years <laughs> on the revenue tax. I'm telling you, it's all rigged. All of these hearings, they're, they're like those prison hearings. Let's they're stop like with the rigged. What's the rigged? gerrymandering. It's all pretend. <laughs> these decisions have, like, like when they, they, ha they spend millions of dollars going out and pretending to get information on where to do the new districts, and then they lock themselves for 12 hours into their closed caucuses, the same again. with the prison. It was a done deal, and I'm telling you. So for six years, you were part of this scam. No, I was yeah. screaming at every meeting and to every television camera and everything that went by. But I'm telling you, we've got a problem in the state from the Republicans' point of view and from the governor's point of view. There's way, way too much money in the education fund. All the all the income tax money goes to education, and there's a billion one hundred million dollars that's been sitting in there Rainy day because fund. the no this is right in the education fund, and the legislature hates that, so they are loath to spend that money where it's most needed on education. So now they've come up with this cockamamie story that. Really, we need to we need to support other issues in the state, and so we're going to have to go in and rob money out of the education fund and constitutionally stop that. That is the money from income tax going to education, and really, that's what's behind all of this. And you're right; they had the videos and the cartoons and whatever. The premise of the state is education will take care of itself. And second, you give as much money as you can to corporations, and eventually it'll come back. And you can't imagine, year after year, hundreds of millions after hundreds of millions, the legislature hands out these grand Lollapalooza prizes to corporations and hope someday that it's all going to come back. My have, final question before a, Greg I, I, takes I, I, back over. Was that a question? This hand. is a lot of flowery I'm raising my hand. I'm being final, tortured at this in this My segment. final point is, Gary Herbert says for 10 years now we've got the greatest economy in the history of the state. It's never been better. It's as good as it gets. We've given all these corporations 
billions of dollars. We've kept taxes high on citizens so we could subsidize all the corporations. And guess what? We're still 50th in spending on education. So if the idea was we're going to give all this money to all these corporations, and then somehow the economy is going to get good and all the money can go into education, now guess what they want to do? Take the money out of education and fritter it off to other things. It's all wrong. It's rigged. And um, well, as long as we news, have the composition of the legislature the way it is, it's never going to change. The good news, well, we're 50th in spending. We're not 50th where we are in test scores. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. Wow. Are your Republican friends playing Robin Hood and stealing money from children to give Absolutely to corporations? Not. There, there's the, the number one issue in every district, 75 districts across the house, uh, across the state of Utah, is education. It is the number one issue that we tackle. It's the one we have to that is most prioritized. Here's your challenge. 2003, my first session, the largest state budget we had was public education, K through 12. The second largest was state institutions of higher learning, higher ed, which was the second. Third was health and human services. Fast forward to this last budget year, health and human services is the largest budget in the state. The, that budget is funded by general fund, money that is not your income tax. The state income tax is dedicated to public education and higher ed. The general fund pays for our health and human services. Now, we just had an election. We just did Medicaid expansion. We're going to spend more money. We're going to keep spending more and more and more on health and human services. You can say that. But if you don't have, if you have your surplus arriving in the fund that is dedicated to education, and yet you keep growing over time, our health and human services budget, which are usually for children and people that are disabled, and now with Medicaid expansion for people of, a, of an income level. Where does that, we don't print money. We're not the federal government. Where is that coming from? If you look at a, if you look at a, a strip mall from the 90s, you had eight stores that collected a sales tax, a state sales tax that would be used for something like health and human services. Go look at that, that, that strip mall today. There's a dance studio and a nail shop, and there's maybe one build it one operation that is paying a state sales tax today versus the other tenants of a strip mall going on now our economy our the way we spend money is changing and if we don't figure out how we are going to have that safety net and that broad base of collecting taxes for things like health and human services then what it's not that you hate education it's that how do you find the available funds for the demands hey, that we're seeing that are special growing special session 2018 all of this sales tax money came into the state because the federal government said, you, Utah, can tax Amazon, Amazon yeah. and everybody that's spending money. In came $75 million within three years, every year, $75 million to help us balance all this out. What did the legislature do? They the went to their buddies that give them political contributions, and they took every dime of that $75 million and gave it as a special tax break to manufacturers <laughs> and to web portals and to mining um, corporations in the state. Off it went. They spent it. And by the way, they earmarked it before it even the money came in in January. There was no reason to give that $75 million as a special gift to manufacturers in the state. By the way, was, those manufacturers were already getting a $100 million a tax, tax rate. Of some sort. Well, All they need again, to do... It's an economic uh, prosperity argument. But we're you, already there. Our economy is at 100%. A... It's time to bring that money home to mama 
and not hand it out back to those same corporations again and again and again. All right. So the money is there, Greg, from the strip malls. You just, you Republicans, you just gave it away again to all <laughs> the giant corporations. I That's think the to problem. understand this issue, I probably could use another six hours to truly grasp it. I'll spend I, Jim's here. It'd be I like, like the rest 24 of you hours of Jim's here. My brain hurts. It's Jim Friday. Is just totally... Okay, let's talk about money that's going to a good cause. Uh, this week, the Huntsman family um, donated $150 million to the University of Utah. This will be going to what is now known as the uh, University Neuropsychiatric Institute, UNI. It'll be um, renamed as a Huntsman building, much like Huntsman Cancer. This is a big deal in our state, Jim. Mental health is an issue. Is this something you see making changes down the road, and is this going to be immediate changes, or are we going to have to watch for decades to come to see the difference? Look, terrific generosity by the Huntsmans, and, you know, they've done well, and they're paying back, and God bless them. You know, it's, it's wonderful. I wonder how much of it internally, though, had to do with that big fight they had with the University of Utah. You remember, you know, when there were hard feelings, and money went here, and the president left, and now, you know, they're all... You know, besides that's beside the point because generosity is generosity You're and it's so wonderful. Cynical. But there's a lot. Of, there's always. I can tell things. you that I do know. I talked to um, the head of psychiatry up at uni, and he told me that he'd been working on paper for two years about where the money would go. So this is a program that's been a long time in the works. This is an issue that isn't well taken care of in uh, Utah. Do you see this doing good? Absolutely, it's a wonderful uh, contribution from a family that Utah is lucky to have that's been engaged in issues of cancer research, caring for people with cancer, uh, treating people with cancer, and, and on, on behavioral health, it's so scary how we're seeing the suicide rates that are going up, especially amongst our young people. Something's happening. And I'm an old school guy, and I, you certainly don't want me trying to figure it out because it's far more complex than I understand. I see we're doing some things as a state to try and address it, but we have circumstances where people that are um, not well, not mentally healthy, but and police have been called, and, and this is how I've had I've had uh, I've been called and tr and asked to help on this. There's nowhere to take someone who is is suffering through There's no this. Room, yeah. There's no room, and they they don't know where that person. Someone's in an emergency. They either room. go to the jail, yes, or, or they leave them on the street. In the, kind of, in the circumstance that I became you know. aware of, this person was taken to an emergency room, and then from the emergency room. The, the, the hospital staff did not feel that this person was safe to themselves or anyone else, but there was nowhere for this individual to go. Yeah. And they're saying, we don't know what to do. He's this, this person's in a windowless room, and they're trying to help them feed. In other words, there is the, the, the suffering that's going on is growing, and there's things happening in our community and our culture. It's probably the president. Thank goodness. Stop. No. Um, but thank goodness we have families like the Huntsman family. That, that have the resources and the ability because it's not the money's big and it's it's it is the biggest part of it but even their their investment in it and what they've chosen to to weigh in on raises the level of this issue to a place that it really needs to yeah. be it doesn't automatically happen i mean we know families that have huge amounts of money and they never give a dime to anything i mean uh, and the difference between a great community as you look around places that really are making it in the arts and in, in medical and other are having those people with astonishing means who are generous and give back and are there. But it doesn't have to happen. I mean, when when this big 
person died who founded this fortune. Business Week had a, a, an article about uh, his life. And it On said, John Huntsman Sr., yeah. No, 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 no. This is the man who'd never given a dime to any charity locally. So in, in the last paragraph in his obituary in this business magazine, it said, whenever a local businessman was called and asked if he would give money to a local charity, uh, a favorite thing to say would be, well, put me down for whatever Mr. X is giving. Oh, I see. Knowing yeah. that it, w it would be perfectly safe that he wouldn't have to give any money. I'm saying there are people these out there, that there are there back. are people with astonishing means who don't do it. This doesn't happen automatically. The Gail Millers and um, the Huntsmans and we, we could go down. And, yeah. yeah, you yep. could go down through ten families. That doesn't have to happen. So they, those people are to be appreciated. Yeah, the need is great. And while we're speaking about the Huntsman name, I really don't think these have any connection to each other. But sources close to me say that Huntsman is running and that he'll make his announcement next week. So um, another big name in the race. We're waiting for some other big names who shall remain nameless. Or right little now. names. How about little some names. little names coming on yeah. in? Maybe someday. Look, I'm yeah. not running, if that's where you're thinking. No, I'm, I'm not you're running. Not. You know, there hasn't even been one name that I can think of of Democrats that's been bantied about for governor. So this could be oh, your year, Jim. my heart. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's pathetic. You know, it's about time the Democrats actually got control of a message. It isn't as though the Republicans haven't no, given them the means. And I challenge the, um, I challenge the Democrats come up with a plan not just blah blah you've been yakking the republicans have been yakking about this tax plan incessantly for nine months there is no democratic plan they got nothing they don't have an alternative they're not saying here's our comprehensive plan here's what we want to do it's not there same with air pollution yeah, yeah, yeah we're against it there is no democratic plan bring it up make it there okay. make the republicans listen force votes and then you have something to run against. But we have a boldless group of Democrats that simply uh, go along to get along, and people don't see any difference between the Republicans and the silent, uh, the re yeah, the Republicans and the semi-silent Democrats. They need to stand up for something. The new Jim back from Argentina and Love camping. It. He don't wants cry, Democrats. Can you auto yeah. this yeah. part of the show? Yeah, don't cry for him, Argentina. He's yeah. back and he's ready to fight with the Democrats. Speaking and of fighting with the Democrats. I love it when he turns the guns away from me. Okay, it's so about time. you're ready to like kumbaya with the Republicans. So this week, Mitt Romney go that uh, joined, now. I don't know, you might, uh, joined a bipartisan group on climate change. He wants to figure out the problems of air and issues amount amongst it. Do you feel like he's really I just have to one thing to say. Changes? Okay, no, I it's can't just wait. the opposite. Mitt Romney has decided he is not running for re-election. And if you want the proof, there it is. No Republican who wants to run for re-election in Utah would join the climate change caucus. I give kudos to Mitt, and I think he's had a gut full of Washington. And little old Chrissy Stewart is there, kind of pulling on his, you know, on his uh, tail. But Mitt Romney's not running again, and good for him. He can spend the next four years doing whatever he well, wants. Well, isn't that like a sad commentary on how we do politics? Then that you have to—that's what people think. Ask him that you're not running when you're. Oh, going after issues that you feel are important or matter. I mean, do you really have to stick to the Republican or the Democrat playbook page? Never Shouldn't. bothered me. I know. I it. promise you that Jim and myself, if we were in charge, the two of us, we would not compromise from our values within the parties that we affiliate with, and we would get things accomplished. There is common ground in public policy. There really is. We need more of that. Um, That's true. 
I want to talk about something that's been front and center in the news this week. Uh, the president's been involved. This has uh, been a story that sort of started locally, went nationally and internationally. But eight women and children who have ties back here to Utah um, because of religious settlements um, way back when from pioneer days were literally slaughtered, leaving their homes in SUVs in Mexico. The president um, said that he wanted to get involved. He wanted to work with the Mexican president there and wage war on the cartels. There's talk in Congress right now that we need to call the cartels actual terrorist organizations and go after them as such. Is this a good idea? Is everyone emotionally wrapped up in this because we're talking about women and children? What needs to be done, if anything? It's a terribly sad situation. It highlights something that at first people thought was a fabricated crisis. People were skeptical that there was violence or criminality or uh, the presence of danger in Mexico that could find its way into the United States. Uh, so that was discarded for some time as not a real issue. I think that what we're seeing happening here has a human element to it to the degree where we are getting, we have a deeper appreciation for how, how violent and how uh, scary uh, this, some of these cartels are. And these are the very cartels, by the way, this Sonola cartel is the one competing for market share of the drug trade in the Rio Grande area and was the case in the summer of 2017 when we launched Operation Rio Grande. We had a Honduran cartel and this very cartel that is that here in Utah that were fighting uh, for that market share and people were dying, people were being uh, assaulted, people were being shot in the presence of a police officer. That that was happening in this city, in, in Salt Lake City, in that area that we have been addressing over a number of years. And it's not perfect, but we, I would argue it's, it's measurably better than it was. That is the same criminal organization that perpetrated this horrific act uh, this last week to this, with this family. And I think we need to connect those dots because I think we can forget about some of these things too quickly. And this drug trade and some of the things that are going on are impacting us in a terrible way. And it really is stomach turning and it's hard to even tell if this was, they're thinking that it was two warring cartels. The cartels usually, um, they fight it out amongst men and I don't think men's lives should be lost here either. But they had to have known it was women and children. At some point, one of the moms got out of the car, put her hands in the air, made it clear that there were women there, but they kept shooting and they killed more women and they killed more children. Is this something that the federal government needs to get involved in, Jim? Two things. One, the hundreds of billions of dollars that these cartels are fighting over don't come from Mexico. And the points of greatest conflict We're are at drugs. the borders and at the, at the shipping off Port points. Of the United States of America has to heal itself what are we doing with these drugs? It ties into the mental health issues we've been talking about. There's a sickness in America that we're loath to talk about. So that's, that's issue number one. Issue number two, um, I, w I spent some time in Mexico now, and in Guerrero, which is where Acapulco is, yeah. there's a road that goes from the biggest city to another place. And I've driven that a few times. A friend of mine was driving down that down, driving down that road and he thought the rule was you can't go there after dark because then the, the drug cartel takes control of that road. Their job is to control the drug flow. They don't care about passengers or robbing people. No, they're fake police checkpoints. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. And you know, they'll rob you while they're there. But <laughs> the point is to not let their enemies in the, the other cartels be doing things. So Oscar was there uh, along with a, a friend of his, and, and they were there after, uh, before dark. Um, 
but it turned out it was after four o'clock and everybody knew that. So a pickup truck came behind them and kind of bumped them and, and Oscar said to uh, his fellow worker, this is our life, you know, should we pull over or do we try to run it out? But he's, he said, look, it really wasn't an option. It's about a 20 mile stretch. Yeah. And so he pulled over, the, um, the gunman was there and took their picture took their ID. They said, look, we work for a cement company, and he wanted to check that out because he wanted to make sure that they weren't drug carriers for the other people. They, and then he did rob them and then sent them on their way. A little while after that, a Utah couple was on that very same stretch July with a, 22nd. With a yeah. terrible story. And my guess, they maybe didn't stop. And so there are kind of weird rules about this. And one of the rules is, if you get caught in that situation, you may end up not badly. But if you, if you challenge their authority and you don't pull over and you're not um, kind of supplicant, for sure, no matter what happens, they're gonna, the bad things are going to happen. I don't know enough about what happened. It's a tragedy. There's no justifying it. I'm saying, but culturally, sometimes um, you need to be careful when you're in another country, obviously. Yeah, super sad. When I think about it, it when you try to solve one problem, you've got to solve the other problem. When you talk about homelessness and you talk about mental health and you talk about drugs, these are all three things that are very um, closely tied together. And until you can figure out how to solve those problems, the other problems continue. So very sad news this week. Um, we're going to continue talking about some of these issues because the homeless issue is not over here in Utah. We've been talking also as you came back here about the cost of housing and living. So lots of issues to talk about in the coming weeks, and we will tackle them for sure. So thank you so much for joining us. Glad you're back safe and Glad sound. Glad to be here. Welcome back, And we'll Jim. ship you back to Mexico in about three weeks. Yeah. I sound right. more Republican all the time. All the time. You, you, you strayed a little bit, but you're getting close. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And thanks for not swearing this week. Democrats aren't damn claiming me either. <laughs> oh, he had to throw something See, we're in getting there. there. All right. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe, tell your friends about us, and we will see you again same time, same place next week.